$2 late fee, you have one new message. Hey, Zach, Dustin, it's uh, me, Manolo. I need you to come with me to my hotel room. We have some information that I want you to see. Shh, say no more. Before there was IMDB.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? Well, that's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989. No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. <laughs> Either way, we know movies. And even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies. Yeah. This is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show. That's all I know. That's all I got. That's all I got. That's all you got. I got more, but it's a for game. Let's play spies. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta add some seduction when you sing it. You know, it's, it's really a, it's a romantic song, really. It really is. Well, this movie's a romantic movie. Yeah, um, I would take all of my first dates there to see this movie. Oh, to, I thought you were going to say to Europe. Uh, well, yes. You start in Paris, and then you, um, you know, you say, "Well, let's go to Spain," and then, and then, and then, you know, she's like, "No, no, no, no. I am a courier. I have to go to, uh, you know, West Berlin." And then you're like, "All right, let's do that instead." Yeah, we're not going to East Berlin, but then, then, right, as long as we're not going to East Berlin, then that's yeah. fine. That's a great first date. Yeah. Unbeknownst to me, every time, you know end up in East Berlin uh, with some strudel and yes. that's, and that's it. And that's it. I just think I've got strudel. You got strudel and you're jumping into a river. Yep. With my, <laughs> with my camera, with my dad's camera. With your dad, your Nikon, um, his, his Nikon. Yes. The important thing is, is that the water never evaporates. It just stays in there inside in the, the camera, camera case forever. Oh, when you can, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, for those of you that are wondering, we're talking about 1985's Gotcha today on Two Dollar Late. Very <laughs> specific things, really fast. So if you haven't seen it, uh, you might want to pause and go watch that before listening to this. Well, I think a lot of people haven't actually seen this movie. Yeah, it's one of those um, uh, 
I was going to say acquired taste, but that's not really accurate. I mean, gotcha. It was one of those movies that I, I, I really loved it as a kid. I loved it, loved it. You know, uh, then I had a rewatch of it. Maybe, I don't know, some, maybe like 10 years ago. And I was like, Hmm, this is a little more boring than I remember. Um, you know, like things happen, but they kind of don't happen. Yeah. But like there, yeah. there were just certain parts that you're like, oh, this is great. But then there's certain other certain parts you're like, oh, this is kind of slow. Um, and then uh, you and I rewatched this uh, maybe, I don't know, at the start of the pandemic, about a year ago or something. Yep. We were just like, let's watch that because we'll probably talk about it at some point. Um, it was actually on our list, our original list of movies our original we list. to talk about. That's right. That's kind of like uh, $2 Leafy trivia. If you look at our uh, some of our original artwork, you'll see a stack of tapes that involve gotcha. And then we're like, how can we have gotcha on there if we haven't actually spoken about gotcha? So we better check off check off that box. Yeah, yeah. When we were first um, coming up with an, kind of an artistic aesthetic for our show, and uh, we reached out to a really talented artist named monster mailman you should check him out on instagram um from out of new zealand he came up with the concept for us we we told him the movies we were going to be covering and actually at that point we i don't think we were really even considering interviewing people for our show just yet it was more just like what movies with songs that stand out to us from the 80s would be fun to do no rad was on there of course and quicksilver and then we we said well we got to do gotcha Right, because that that song just stands out, and clearly we're gonna we're going to be talking about that song later on in the show. Um, but here we are, finally, we're talking about a movie that we had wanted to do since the beginning of the the show even being conceived. Yeah, so uh, fair to say, a very long time in the making. And happy to finally be discussing it. Me too, because it's funny. Um, you said we watched it right when the pandemic hit or right around the time it did. And um, to find this movie at that time was really challenging. It was on DVD, but it wasn't really available anywhere. Uh, it was selling out on Amazon even. And on Amazon even. Yeah, sound like Snagglepuss. <laughs> Um, heavens to Murgatroyd. Heavens to Murgatroyd. But but since we watched it, then um, it has come out on Kino Blu-ray. Kino does uh, they're just a a smaller Blu-ray company, and they do obscure all sorts of obscure films, uh, including North Shore and The Wildlife. And then now finally they released Gotcha on Blu-ray, which I now own, and it looks beautiful. I watched it. Oh, I watched it fairly recently to see what it looked like, and oh, it looks look really good. Look and I had Just the same sneaking in these in these purchases, watching <laughs> I had these the, movies. I had the same feeling uh, watching it solo that I did watching it with you. That, and I think this is one of the few times good? where I sided with the critics. The critics were like, "The movie's good, but then the third act gets really slow." Yeah. Oh, is that what they say? Yeah, a lot. Like hmm. Roger Ebert. Gene Siskel back in the day. Interesting, interesting. Um, they they were kind of like, well, we want to know more about Sasha's backstory, Linda Fiorentino's character. And, right. And meanwhile, they kind of dropped that angle and they focused more on the star of the movie, Anthony Edwards, um, which makes sense because the guy who directed this movie 
made Revenge of the Nerds, you know? So there's a connection there. And Yes, but obviously a very different kind of a movie. Yes. Uh, gotcha. Well, I mean, both of them, they're, they're, they're very different. And uh, all right. So, the, I mean, so the quick synopsis of this is basically that you've got Anthony Edwards' character, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Moore, Jonathan Nohome. Jonathan Nohome. Um, Jonathan is an 18-year-old UCLA, like, he's like a pre-med, like a, um, he's like a pre-med student, veteran, he's a pre-veterinary student, because we learned yes. early on in his classes that, um, you know, a big, a big, huge moment of foreshadowing is when his uh, professor is uh, wielding a tranquilizer gun at a giant tiger, which they just have in class. I can't even imagine any scenario in which your, you know, UCLA classes are having a giant tiger, unless of course, um, it's very, very specialized. But so he is, uh, he's, he's kind of shy. He's kind of awkward bookish. He's awkward. He doesn't, we, we, we know very early on, he doesn't get, get along with the, with the, with the ladies, even though he wants to. And the only thing that he would really like to do is get laid. Um, and uh, and not be a weirgen anymore, um, because uh, you know he's never he's never d- done the deed, and he just he wants to do that. And so we learn uh, that he and his good buddy Manolo, uh, played by uh, our upcoming guest uh, Jesu Garcia, who at that point went by the name Nick Corey, uh, that the two of them they're besties, and they are gonna go to Paris um, to, you know, to, to, to meet some babes basically, but, but it turns into a, a whole other kind of adventure now, doesn't it? Well, Manolo, he definitely gets his uh, frequent flyer miles out of his uh, trip overseas immediately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. From the get go. And I was kind of like note to self, if you're going to go on a trip like that, don't take your incredibly good-looking, charismatic, smooth, suave friend because you're not going to get any action if, if you're if you're if that's the intention because everywhere they went it was like, "Oh, Manalo's hooking up with every chick left and right." Um, but then, you know, his little pretty boy, blonde hair, blue-eyed uh, you know, milk toast persona yeah. was what yeah. attracted Sasha, uh, played by Linda Fiorentino, Sasha being a, 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 a spy. and uh, Right, we don't know that. We don't know that yet. To be clear, we don't know no. that. The audience no. doesn't know that. But yeah, I think, uh, is it spring break that they go out on? Or is it summer? It's spring break. Right? I think it's spring break because, you know, school is definitely still um, in session. You know, it's yeah. the same. He's encountering the same girl, you know, that dismisses him in the beginning at the very end of the movie and you know um yeah so they they go to paris uh with the i think intention to go go on to spain at yes. some point but then yes. they uh then things get a little uh a little crazy because jonathan meets linda fiorentino as you mentioned he meets sasha and she's like you are very cute i want to you know i don't know jump your bones or something and basically yeah she ends up coercing him to come to west berlin and then suddenly he is involved in this whole kind of spy uh, situation, unbeknownst to him. He thinks he's just, you know, that Sasha's a courier and he's just helping her curry some things. 
Um, but yeah, as we were sort of touching upon in the beginning, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to go to, he tells Manolo, I'm going to go to, uh, I'm going to go to West Berlin. Well, as long as you don't go to East Berlin, that's fine. Don't go to East Berlin. There's trouble there. Okay. Yeah. We're not going to be near East Berlin, but then, you know, got to West Berlin. It's like, oh, I got to go deliver something in East Berlin. Uh, yeah. Russians. There's a lot of Russians, right? It's just, the KGB. Uh, yeah. 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 Very topical. Yeah. It makes me think too that this is the second movie we've done where there's some sort of courier um, and and something shady involved with that. I was thinking about Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Bacon, Jamie Gertz. Jamie Gertz's uh, character. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> sure. and and when you know she has to carry a package for the gypsy. But uh, right. Uh, right. But 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 going back to this, yeah, it, it's funny because as a kid, I never perceived Jonathan as this kind of dorky guy. Right. I thought he was cool. Totally. And I thought he was cool because this movie came out when you and I both were not even 10 yet. Right. I was like eight years old or something when I watched it, which is funny Mm -hmm. because you were Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) so much of this stuff was way over my head, Uh, including, and they're not graphic, but including the sex scenes, you know, where like clearly didn't matter to me at the time. Yep. No, Uh, totally. I just overlooked it. Uh, But, but the the subplot to this being this game of uh, tag, paintball tag that they were doing at school, called Gotcha, and um, I remember it being so popular with my brother, my older brother Eric, who saw this that he did it at school. He played paintball with his friends at school. With paintball, really? Yes, with like a little paint gun and um, and. I remember, according to him at the time, this being so popular, like everybody was doing it. I don't know if they were, but it like a big thing on campus. And I, and as a kid, I was like, I want to do that. Forget the whole going to Paris and hooking up with chicks. I just wanted to shoot a gun. (laughs) That's the cool part. And it's, it's almost confusing. I think when you're a kid, cause you're like, what's going on? They're just like shooting each other. Like, like at any random point, you, you have to be prepared for your clothes to just get, you know, tagged with a with a paint and, and it, i mean having played paintball i mean that that hurts it's, it does you know, hurt it, it does bruises hurt. you get too close you get that point blank range you you're in trouble so um well there, there was a welts. movie that oh go ahead sorry no i'm just gonna say you're gonna get some welts if you uh you know if you're, if you're doing that but uh oh yeah sorry you you do your thought and then i'll well no you're right the 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 few times i've gone paintballing in my life i've definitely been <laughs> Come back feeling pretty crappy, but the, there yeah, was you gotta a wear baggy that, clothes or, or you know, or padded something. Yep, wearing a cup. Yep, socks in the crotch. Yep, a la just one, uh, just one of the guys. Yeah, <laughs> but but I, I think the first time I played paintball, I may have put a sock in my in my crotch just for. It's not play. a bad idea. It's not a yeah. bad idea. It's yeah. not. It's it's it has it serves many purposes. If you will. Yeah, it does. Um, but there was a movie that came out prior to Gotcha called Tag, The Assassination Game. And with um, Robert Carradine and mm-hmm. Linda Hamilton. Yep. yep. And I remember it, that being in a similar vein of like on-campus gun battle. Right. You know? But somebody's killing people for real. For real. Yeah. And th- and so I think going into Gotcha, I thought that that was going to be a big focus of the movie as a kid. Now watching it as an adult with you, 
realizing that is a fraction of really what it's about. It, yeah. You know, it opens and it ends with that piece. But that's really the only time it, it focuses on that at all, if you think about it. Yeah, no, 100%. It's it's almost like it just needs to establish the fact that he's kind of savvy when it comes to, you know, the nature of that game or something like the, the kind of the hide and seek. Um, that opening scene kind of kind of serves the purpose of just really setting up the ending scene when everybody's back on UCLA's campus and you understand like, okay, this is his home turf and, you know, he's been playing this game presumably for a long time. I mean, who knows? Did you ever play, did you play this game in college? No, um, I wanted to so bad. But I think at that point we had had at least one or two shootings. So they shut that shit down. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's also uh right. Gotcha or tag or assassin. I feel like is what it's most commonly known as, yes. you know, like at least by the time we were in college, and we played it with um, rolled up socks. Oh, you did? Yes. And the idea was that Fun. you, it, it gave it gave the person that you were targeting a fighting chance because if you threw it badly and they caught it, then you were out. Oh, like dodgeball. Like dodgeball. So it was kind of an interesting twist and I took it way too seriously, like way too seriously. And I- uh, You did? <laughs> yeah. I, I was really, I was so into it because- I realized quickly that like people really weren't taking it seriously. So I was, and, you know, and there was like, uh, you were playing for money. There was like a cash prize. So. Oh, okay. And there were tons of people playing it. And, um, and essentially uh, I like it started off and what was happening was that you, there were only certain hours that you could play the game, you know, like, uh, like office hours or something. It was like, you can only like hunt and try and get the person between nine to five. So that was nice because, right, I knew if five o'clock rolled around, then I was good. I could let my guard down and do what I needed to do. Um, but I was like, I would take like like roundabout ways to class just to see if anyone was following me. I never did anything, you know, the same way twice. And uh, what ended up happening was that I, um, they, they started expanding the hours that, that one could hunt. And initially it was not weekends. And then... They said it was weekends, and I remember I was oh, at this no. bar. I was at this bar, and this is when I was uh, attended uh, Binghamton, uh, SUNY Binghamton. So you know, smaller smaller town it was much more suited. The campus was much more suited. Not just like people like throwing socks at each other at NYU, which would have not made a lot of sense, I think. But um, <laughs> you know, I was at this bar, and I get this like I get the word that this this guy um, Andy, his name was Andy. That Andy, it was like me, Andy, and this other person were like the only ones left, right? Oh, hundreds shit. of people. And somebody goes, Andy is here and he's looking for you. Because now they had opened it up, right? And I was like, this fucking douchebag, because I was so drunk, right? Like, oh, so that's no. the last thing you want to hear because you're like, oh, man. So I see him, I see <laughs> him in this bar and it's so crowded. It's like, a, you know, it's like a frat, a frat bar and there's so many people. And I see him coming at me and I'm like this motherfucker like I fucking hate this guy like and he's like sober and he's come to this bar specifically to to get me so I see him like wading through the crowd of people and I go out the back and I'm about to run and leave the bar but then I'm like what am I doing like I don't want to you know like I'm having a good time like so I'm gonna run away and like end my night early because this guy's here so then I think all right maybe 
maybe he doesn't see me, but of course he sees me because I'm drunk as hell, right? So I'm, I'm probably staggering around. Yeah. So. And you're also I, pretty damn tall too, so you probably. I, I'm, yes, I'm I'm harder to harder to miss. So I go back inside. No. Um, I go back inside the bar and I open the door and he and then I just hear uh, you know whatever whatever the catchphrase is like gotcha as as the thing hits me in the back oh, and no. falls to the ground and he was hiding behind the door. And I remember like the anger that I felt towards him because I had spent, oh, you know, weeks, no. weeks like masterminding uh, the, the the correct way to play this game. And so, um, yeah, so I just remember I turned around and just screamed at him. I was like, you're a fucking loser asshole or something like that, you know. And uh, <laughs> and then I gave him, you know, the name that I had. And then he went and he's like, oh, I'm going to go find that guy too. And then just like, you know, went off to some other party and he he won that night. Um <laughs> so you know and then the next year came around and they were like do you want to play this game again and i was like you know i don't because it it just took too much out of me like i was i was on alert at all times <laughs> but then i the war was just too much it was too much but then i saw i saw who was playing it and how badly everybody else was playing it and then i was like why didn't i play this like they're so bad because it's really like you know it, like you know when people get into things for like um like you brought up dodgeball, but it's almost like it's almost like recreational kickball, right? It doesn't I, work. Yeah. It doesn't work if everyone's not all in it for the same reasons. Like if you know if if people are like, oh, I'm I'm not playing kickball because I'm social, and I'm or and then there's a guy like I'm playing kickball because I'm I, I love to compete and I'm dominant. You can't. It doesn't it doesn't jive well. So that that's all. So like you know in a, in a in a game like Assassin, it just. It, it quickly comes out like, okay, who's there to just kind of like be, do a social fun thing and yeah. who's actually there to just win the fucker. So, anyway. well, you, you and I are cut from the same cloth. Cause I, cause I think I'm, I'm in the same boat where I get, I put, I put 100% into a game. If I'm going to, if I'm yeah. going to go play a game like that, if I, you know, uh, my brother and his friends used to play a, a variation on D and D called Marvel, which was all superheroes and that, but but set in like a D and D type mm-hmm. RPG format, right? Yeah. And I would get yeah. so invested <clears throat> in my character too, where I just li- I wanted to live the character, and so all it took was one asshole dungeon master to be like, "Nah, your guy, he's gonna lo- he's gonna die tonight, and I'm gonna kill your guy," you know? Right. And right. Just kill him off, just to be a dick. You just know? be a dick, right? And how right. invested you get into, it. and you're like, I can't do this anymore. And then, and then they say, Well, you do, do you want to play again? And you're like, You know what? I can't. I can't. I can't. It took yeah. too much out of me. <laughs> the war was too hard. I mean, I feel you, dude. I totally yeah. feel you on that. Where you're just like, Oh, the, the finish line was there, and this, right. And you were drunk. It wasn't. You were inebriated. It wasn't fair to you. It, I, it wasn't fair playing ground, you know. And but, but then in retrospect. It was. In retrospect, I was like, well, that's probably how I should have played the game, you know, because it was very clear what was happening. I was like, OK, guys, you know, the the hours have been lifted. So now now it can be any time. And you're like, oh, OK. And um, that did they they change that mid th- midway through the game, the season? I know. I mean, it was very clear. Like it was very clear. Like once you hit this point, this is what's going to happen. And once oh, you hit to this ramp point, it up. yeah, there to were like milestones up. that, you know, that. um Gotcha. Yeah. Pun so, so that we're going to, you know, so that, yeah, so that we're going to have this game finished by, you know, th- this date, regardless. Like, Let some, me ask you a question. Be when winner. you were in the bathroom and you screamed at him and you yelled at him, you're like, fucker, dick, or whatever. 
have you ever mixed up swear words and it's come out awkwardly bad and the person just kind of laughs at you like what did you just say has that ever happened to you Mm, maybe i don't maybe like i've combined words or something like have you uh, ever used the term dicker no no (laughs) because i got so upset with somebody once and i wanted to call him a dick but i also want to call him a fucker so it came out dicker yeah (laughs) you dicker and he goes what's that that's pretty good yeah he goes you suck somebody who dicks oh damn it oh like you (laughs) like he couldn't (laughs) even give you that like because you had yeah yeah. What's that? You're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, and to be drunk and get a sock thrown at you. Well, he didn't even have to throw it, right? He was just like, I, I, I was like, I, I. To be clear, I was on like the fire escape, basically. I run out the back, and I was oh, on the Jesus, fire escape. Oh, Jesus! You didn't say that. I thought I, I'm picturing you like running back in the. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Like, so like there was, a, you know, there's a back exit. Yes. And it, and, and it leads out to this fire escape. Oh. And this fire escape, you go, you know, down to the street. And it's I'm like climbing down the fire movie. escape. Yeah, I'm climbing down the fire escape. And I'm going, why climbing am I? Um, yeah, I'm like, why am I leaving? Why am I leaving? Because I was having a great time. You know, I was like, this is supposed to be my time. Like, he's, he's encroaching upon my time. And then I, yeah. And because I wasn't thinking clearly, I was like, well, maybe he didn't see me. Like I said, you know, so then I, so then I climb back up the fire escape, just walk in the back door and he's hiding behind the back door. No. So I just, all I just see is this sock rolling behind my, you know, ankles. He's like, you know, he's like, good game, dude. You're dead. I was like, you fucking get a life, get a life. You guys should have played with maxi pads on there. So the maxi pad sticks to your body. That would have been amazing. Yeah. That would have been good. I mean, this guy actually drove his car during like a prime go out night to the bar to get me. Like, because he wanted then, how much money are we talking here? Do you remember? No, a couple hundred bucks. I mean, because at that, you know, in college, like, like that was the thing about Binghamton. I could get five bucks. Could I could five bucks could last me the whole weekend there. I could get a cab for like a dollar. You know, you just pay these cabs like a dollar to take you wherever you want to go in the city. Wow. Uh, you know, the bar I was at was, um, it was either a frat, it was a frat house. I was in a frat house, right? So you, so maybe you pay a, a dollar cover or you're, and that's it, you know, yeah, they charge you something, you know, and all the bars in town were like having like nickel drafts. So like you didn't need a lot. So whatever it was, it was like 50 bucks maybe. That'd get you through a summer or, I mean, or, really, or a school year, school year. That's uh, yeah. You know, and that's just time when you're always broke and yeah. Okay, well, see, this this, so. this makes me think then, because I was captivated as you're telling the story, that it would have been nice if they added a little more gun action, gotcha gameplay to the movie, you know, because the movie opens, gotcha opens with a great, it's a great opening with yeah. the with the the sign the title song playing, and they're going, he's going around taking people out left and right. And yeah, getting turned down by the one girl and um, yep. it comes back at the end. And, and, and so the, 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 the bookends to this film, I think, are done really well. And that first quarter is really good. Uh, him playing against Manalo, who's so great. Nick Corey, Jesus Garcia. Yeah. Um, he, he, makes, he makes it so much fun. And then when... When Anthony Edwards meets Linda Fiorentino's character for the first time, Sasha, 
uh, that's fun. It's yeah, it seems to falter in that kind of two point five act, right? The, yeah. the, the the end of second act, the beginning of the third. There's just moments. There's just moments that drag, and you probably could if you just tighten it up a little bit. If if the movie was, you know, got a little bit of that fat trimmed off it, so to speak. Um, well, it's 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 one of those things too because the uh, the score, uh, Bill Conti, Bill Conti, uh, legendary, one of our, one of our favorites. Yeah. Um, who's uh you know done some Rocky? We talked to Vince Ticola about. That whole thing. Um, Karate Kid. Karate Kid. Um, Don't touch but, my score. Don't touch it. Oh, my God. But uh, but the music in this, right, will, will be like very, it'll have like some kind of cue that's like, and you're like, what? What is it? And then like the thing never justifies the music cue. No. In my opinion, you know, where it's, it kind of, because it makes you feel like, oh, something really crazy is happening or spooky or whatever. And it's just like, oh. Hey, how you doing? Am I in West Berlin now? Sure. Fuck you! Good night. I've been wanting to do that for the last six months. So that was one of those things too, where I like always have always loved the the scores and the various cues. And, and the mood of it, but the mood of it doesn't necessarily match what's actually happening. Well, do you think that has something to do with the studio maybe not knowing the tone of this movie, which how dark to go with it? I mean, certainly it, it seems to be like one of those patterns um, when it comes to a lot of the movies that we talk about on this podcast where it's like, you know, these um, these ones that, that gained a, a second life through the video store um, they did not open great. People are confused, right? What, what is it? What, you know, it is very marketed, confusingly marketed, I guess. Um, you know, I feel like the tagline for the, for the actual box in the VHS is something like, you know, he set out to score, but he became the target or something. Yep, and you're that's like, exactly what it was. Well, that's not, you know, with her, like her leg is like very seductive. She's like putting on her stockings or she's laying in bed smoking or something like that. And it's like, yeah. Um, and he's got this look on his face in the corner like, oh, baby. This isn't really what that is. It's not like a, there's no like, it's not like a noir spy film. And it's not Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, you know, as we talked about the Jeff, Jeff Canoe uh, or Canoe, um, you know, did this movie and that movie. Uh, he also did True Beverly Hills. It's like, you know, the, the, these are like three tonally, completely tonally different movies. Yes. Um, in the same, uh, you know, time period. And so I, I, you know, a very, uh, this is a long answer to your, to, to your speculation about the studio, but yes, I think it's like, what do we do with this movie? Well, I think, I think this is, there's a, a, another point to make as well. When you're talking about the tagline on the poster, when a poster has one tagline, you know, he means all action or whatever. She's coming for revenge. That's it. That's it. Done. Okay, cool. I'm sold. This is Jonathan started out trying to score and ended up being the target. Okay. No, there's a second paragraph. He's a young college student on vacation in Europe for the first time. <laughs> okay, that's cool. That's cool. I oh, there's a third paragraph. Oh She's his first real affair. A 
beautiful, mysterious woman who thinks danger is one of the most powerful aphrodisiacs there is. Okay, are, are, are you done now? Are you done? Is that it? Oh <laughs> We're going to stop at three paragraphs? Um, fair enough. Yeah. It, is that the box? Is that, that's the, <laughs> that's the, that... that's the theatrical poster. Oh my God. Uh, you know, and, and he's got this, he's got this look and remember folks, Dustin and I are recording remotely. So I'm going to show him on the camera. Look at that face. Ooh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you can go back right, and look at the poster for gotcha. Anthony Edwards face is like, Oh, ho, ho. Right. you know, and, and, and like, knowing a little bit of, yeah, is this Porky's? Yeah. And uh, you know, Linda Fiorentino's like rubbing her leg with that smirk on her face. First of all, I had a crush on Linda Fiorentino for forever. Uh from you know, um, Vision Quest, man. Vision Quest and Gotcha after hours. Like Men those in are black. For, oh man. I mean, you could put yeah. Vision Quest and After Hours for sure are yeah. classics. Gotcha. Gotcha could have been, gotcha could have been so much more than it ultimately was. And I think nostalgia wise, we watch this and we go, Oh yeah, this is fun. Th- this, this scene is fun. These, this, you know, like those on, on YouTube, they've got those great eighties compilation videos with, uh, with a song playing over the, whether it's a midnight song or it's St. Elmo's Fire or Waiting for a Star to Fall. Well, you're talking about these these, these fan fan created. Uh, yes, fan created con- 80s content. compilation movie. Right. Right. And it's you're literally just taking the best scenes from every single movie. And of course, you put those all together. You're going to go, oh my God, I want to watch that. Oh my God, I want to watch that. Oh my God, I want to watch right. that. But then a lot of those movies, let's be totally honest. Breaking, you know, I don't know, breaking the rules or whatever. Not all those movies are that great. They're not sure. flawless. No. Explorers, no. as much as I love Explorers by Joe Dante with River Phoenix and Ethan yeah. Hawke, as much as I love that movie, the third act is like takes the air out of the tires for me, you know, where it's they go on ship, the alien ship, and you're like, ah, oh, the whole movie was like the spirit of adventure and creativity and mm-hmm. the kids being. Like, uh, you know, kids, and then suddenly you're doing a parody of aliens watching too much television, you know, and it, it's... Yeah, yeah, so, I, I don't yeah. remember that movie all that well, other than that the alien is is a kid, and he's like doing, like, there's like a Pee Wee Herman kind of impression or something that happens. Yeah, it's, it's Robert Picardo, surprisingly, um, I oh. think, of, of, of inner space fame, of course, but, um, but, uh, you know, and that's another case where apparently Joe Dante had to kind of rush the third act. So that's why mm-hmm. it has the look it has, which makes total sense. Makes me wonder a little bit about this movie. Like if the studio was like, no, we need a little more intrigue. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not serious enough. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he was like, well, well, yeah, it's not supposed to be serious. It's supposed to be lighthearted. And he gets caught up in this thing. But, you know, it turns out all the guys wanted was their money back for the, the, the film that got developed. She never paid them or something, you know, something silly. Like right. That. Right. But instead it just kind of goes all over the place. And you got like his dad was it Alex Rocco, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a great name. <laughs> uh, and that care and that character actor is such a great character actor. And all he cares about is his, his Nikon, you know, and, uh, and, 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 and that's a tonal shift too, because Jonathan is, 
claiming, you know, he's a fearing for his life and he's, and he's being shot at and he jumps in the water and he's, he's soaked from, from, you know, swimming in a river or whatever. And his dad's yeah. like, how's my Nikon? How's my Nikon? Yeah. And you get that angle going. Yeah, it's uh, the one line that I always recall from childhood, which which did amuse me, uh, you know, because, of course, he um, is trying to explain this to his parents, like, you know, not only about the Nikon, why, why everything's so wet and why he's flustered or whatever. And, of course, they just assume he's on drugs. Yes. And then he's like, <laughs> all right. He's like, you know, immediately regrets talking to them. And he's like, he walks out and he's like, yeah, I put cocaine on my cornflakes. Okay, Dad. And I always loved that line as if a drug addict was just putting cocaine on their cornflakes. Oh, what did I want to say? I wanted to say that, so Linda Fiorentino's character, Sasha, is, um, you know, supposedly, uh, she's a Czech citizen. You know, yes. she's a courier, Czechoslovakian citizen, um, who's who's doing this business. And of course, we, we later learn that she is uh, an American uh, who works for the CIA. Um, yeah, at the very end of the movie. Yeah, at the very end. <laughs> like the whole movie, uh, she's got this spot-on accent. Yep. Very, very well done, yep. in my opinion. And at the end, she drops it, and she's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jonathan. And it's like, sorry. I loved you. No, you didn't say that, but you know. No, but I like your scene's a little better, I think. Thanks. Appreciate it. And what uh went to Richard Horvitz acting school. So Yeah. It's like, you know, what's your real name? And she's like, Cheryl. Yeah, and it's like the most basic. Yeah. Cause yeah, he tracks her down, right? With the help of Manalo. Yeah. Which which uh Nick Corey, aka Jesu Garcia, um, you know, talked about in his interview just a little tease that he, you know, he's obviously, uh, you know, Latin American actor, but kind of played himself off like he was Italian, but he's legit, like comes from like an East LA gang in the movie, so to speak. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, well you're not, you're not really, you're not playing an Italian well, I, did he ever say I was, I was Italian or are you just interpreting no, it? No, he, he, had he a nice said scarf. in his interview with us that he, you know, changed his name so he could come across him being less ethnic and more like. Oh, okay. You're right. talking about him as a, like, really, like him. Him, <laughs> him the, the person and the not person. the character, not, not Manolo. Yeah, no, because Manolo. Manolo is this dude who lives you know, who's, who, who's from Los Angeles. Right. <clears throat> hanging out with gangbangers and whatnot. Yeah, no, t- totally. It's just interesting because he brings that up in the interview how only Ricardo Montalban at that time was a Latin American actor who was getting yeah. roles in movies. Just curious. And Paul Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. The Whoopi Boys. God, we got to get him on the show. We got to get him on the show. I mean, you know. I want to I want to talk about Quicksilver. I want to talk about his hot dog stand. Yeah, <laughs> but but I want to talk about too. Hot dogs. The the plot itself is very basic, uh, and but Anthony Edwards was like he to me he was such a cool dude. Like I wanted to see him more often in movies of this type, you know. Yeah. And I don't know. I didn't want to see him as just Goose, the the second fiddle to Tom Cruise and yeah. Top Gun. I wanted or 
the second fiddle, second fiddle to Robert Carradine and Revenge of the Nerds. I wanted to see yeah. him as the lead. I thought he was great I, I, overall. Do you feel the same love for this movie that you did in the eighties? Well, yes and no, and I and I I, I don't mean to be so wishy washy about that, but on one level, the first half of the movie, I'm just like totally in it. Oh, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I remember the scene and I love this scene. But that, like we talked about, that middle part just falls so kind of flat and boring. Where you're like, okay, yeah, I still really want to like this movie. And it's like in um, it's like in Swingers when they're so excited to go to Vegas and they're in the car and they're pumped to go to Vegas. Vegas but then you baby. realize it's a three-hour fucking long, long-ass yeah. drive. I mean, yeah, and that, th- right? that second hour, you're like, Vegas, baby, Vegas, Vegas, yeah, Vegas. Vegas. But then you finally it's see great. the lights at the end. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah Vegas, we're, Vegas, we made it. <laughs> so I yeah. kind of feel that's how I feel about it, where the first half, I'm like, yeah, 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 gun. Shoot him with a yeah. gun. It's a pink gun cool movie. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. And then you're like, oh, where's the gun? Where, where's the pink gun? Oh, where's the gotcha? Yeah. And right. then at the end, you're like, all right, yeah. All right. Gets a chick in the ass. Woo, that's totally 80s right there. <laughs> all right. It's interesting because for me, like I feel like a lot of what he deals with is almost like just like um, kind of like country frustrations or something. You know, like when he's going through Germany and like, you know, he's they're always yes. asking for papers and they're Good always point. asking for like, uh, you know, him to go through a security check. And he's like, I just did this. Like now we got to do it again. And like. It's more like, it's more like that a lot of the times than it is like about spy stuff in a way where it's which is you know, kind of boring if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, are we in East Berlin? Or am I in West Berlin? Yeah, you are. Like, fuck you. You know, to, to East Berlin, like, because I'm finally out of there. Um, like when he's with the um, the the punk group or whatever, and he finally gets out. Yeah, gets in the van, and they you know disguise, and like that was always amusing to me. Like, oh, he's wearing makeup and. Um, you know, and they're of course familiar with the uh, Randy Newman. <laughs> LA. We love it, Sunset Boulevard. We love it. We love it. Um, you talking about my thong? <laughs> right. But even then, I, I feel like I didn't necessarily even know what they were talking about because I don't think I was familiar with that song in '85. Um, but but it is. It's it's when he gets back to his quote, you know, turf when he gets back to UCLA at the end of this movie, that it's like finally exciting again. Cause you know, he's got these Russian agents just like right on his tail. <laughs> like he lands and then it's like, Oh, now, now we're here too. And we want, we want this, uh, we want this film. <laughs> so you're saying to me, it sounds to me like from a kid's perspective, it's entertaining where the kid doesn't care about Sasha suddenly turning into a LA uh, CIA operative you know, out of nowhere drops the accent. Cause that, that whole plot point is so weird. Uh, it's more just like the moments that stand out to you are the more, those are like nostalgic moments, you know, the, the jumping off the bridge is the most nostalgic moment to me. Yeah. You know, that's, the that's mo- a pretty, it's the most dramatic moment. It is really. And it's not that dramatic. Like, no, he just kind of jumps in. He doesn't even dive in. You know, he just like, I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded. The music's really droning at you. Yeah. Bill Conti. At that that point, Bill Conti's got it cranked up all the way to 11. And, um, Vince DeCola, meanwhile, sitting back and going, you could have hired me. I am far from over. Um, (laughs) he was living that song. 
Um, but yeah, you know, and then Jonathan, Jonathan jumps into the water and the guys are like, should we maybe shoot at him? I don't know. And then he just kind of sw- slowly swims his way out of this, out of this, uh, water. And then it's more about the confusion, right? Of like, well, who am I actually involved in? Why are these guys trying to kill me? You know, I thought I was just carrying strudel and I'm, there's something else that I must have on me. And do we ever really find out what, what is on it's a canister of film that they're after. Yeah, I don't, I don't do we know. Ever I don't find know out what's we on do. the canister? So it's a, kind of a do. MacGuffin, if you will. It's right? more. It seems more irrelevant. It's just like Jonathan, you helped out your country, and uh, you know you're no, you're no longer a virgin, and, and we're conf- like, what are we supposed to be as the audience more excited about that he like is you know a successful inadvertent spy or that he's no longer a weirgen? <laughs> you were a weirgen, yes. I um, dated a girl once, kind of like, like that, in the sense where I was like, oh. She's world traveled, and that was that was exciting, you know, because she was she was Israeli and had a thick accent and was like mm. exotic to me. Yeah, but then I realized she was world traveled in every aspect, if you think about it. <clears throat> so uh, I was like, "Oh, you bet, you better you 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 meet a lot of guys, huh?" <laughs> What do you mean if you think about it? What you, well, like she just, what? you know, hooked up, loved to hook up with dudes all over the world. Because, okay, because she was Israeli and she, like, where did you meet her? Was this like a... I met her in San Francisco at a club. Like she was just traveling around? She just had, I mean, she was like living, she had a visa living in in the Bay Area, working at like a coffee shop or something like that. Okay. And... And she had been to places. And then the more we talked about it, she had been all over the world and loved meeting guys from all over the world. And I'm like, how many guys, how many places have you been? Like 17 different countries. I'm like, you met a guy in every country you went to? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. so exciting. I'm like, and yeah. you meet cool. them the same way you met me? Yeah. You look like Bambi. I want to take you home. And I was very innocent, and yeah, and she, and I'm like, like the mixtape you just made for her is like melting in the in the never sun. Never made her mixtape. Never went that far. <laughs> she's only 19. I'm like, wait, how are how you? How are you how able old? to go to the club? She's like, I have fake ID. It's great. You oh, know? how old are you? 22, 23. Okay, all right. Yeah, 23. 30. <laughs> 36. I'm intimidated <laughs> by this 19 year old liar. Yeah. I should have listened to my buddies, Matt and Terry. They're like, stay away from that girl. She's bad news. Matt and Terry always give you the best advice. They really did. And I'm saving you. And, and <laughs> you're really like, did. no. Those guys gave me such great advice, and I didn't always listen to it. So, Matt and Terry. But, so many stories where they're just like the unsung heroes. Like, <laughs> my buddies, Matt and Terry. Came if it the, wasn't for them, save the day. If I had listened to everything they'd said, I wouldn't be in LA. So, there you go. Oh, they said don't move to LA. Well, they said don't get married to that girl, my ex-wife. Oh. Okay, but they were right. They were right, (laughs) but you know, it still got me down to LA. Right. So, if you're thinking about it from the perspective that your path is the right path, like you're on the right path. Yes. That's how I look at it. For sure. But then the sliding doors aspect is like, had you not married? your first wife like your life would be immensely um different yeah i'd still be working at a school like 
couldn't stand working at. And do um, you think so? You think he, like nothing would have changed? You just would have. Yeah. Never made so. any any moves. I I really you know um, some of the most traumatic and tragic moments of my life brought me ultimate joy. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, you know, it's, it's a good perspective. Yeah, try yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, so I guess in a way, it's like you know, Jonathan got strip searched. He, uh, you know, he he almost got killed, and yet at the end of the day. It's happy-go-lucky, and he's you know shooting girls he's attracted to in the butt with his paint gun. Yeah, um, which is a really weird tone, sh- tonal shift if you think about it. It's a really weird tonal shift. And I think I we mean, even just, talked about that. When yeah, we just I mean, just talking about uh, tonal shifts for a minute. Like, you know, there's not a lot of comedy in this movie, right? Manolo, Jason Manolo, Garcia. He's our he he's our you know comic relief, but it's more not like a wacky sidekick. You know, he's not, he's not Booger from Revenge of the Nerds. I feel like we're always referencing Revenge of the Nerds. But, you know, he's just this smooth-talking guy who you, who you relate to, and you're like, yeah, that's the guy. You know, but then he like, played a Booger-esque character in Wildcats, by the way. He did. That's a really so, good point. Just had to but, put that out So there. this is a movie very different from Wildcats also. <laughs> um, but the, the kind of like the first hint that you have to, like, comedy, excuse me, is this kind of ongoing gag where Jonathan is calling home and he and he and he calls his parents' house, and Rosario, the you know living cleaning woman, is always picking up the phone. And there's just this running gag of like, "Oh no, Jonathan, the home!" And he's like, "No, but Rosario, I am Jonathan. It's me. Are my parents there?" He said, "No, no, Jonathan is not home." Like whether it's the connection or whatever. Hello, Rosario. It's Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan, no home. No, no, this is Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan no home. He's in um, in Germany. Rosario, it's me, Jonathan. Ah, oh, Jonathan. You sound so far away. And that is kind of offensive, you know, relatively in a way. It's just like... Oh, it is now. Yeah, it is now. In the 80s, and, everyone laughed at it. That's <laughs> um, racist. <laughs> and the point that... Uh, that you were just mentioning is that, you know, at the very end, he's, he encounters this, this same, uh, young college co-ed who at the beginning of the movie, he asks out and she's like, you know, um, you know, I don't think so or whatever. And here he's like, Hey, how's your sweater? And she just says like drop dead or something. I, yes. I, she says something very, very rude. Yeah. Drop and he's dead. Like, right. And he's like, drop dead. That's not very nice. And then he just, he just has kept the tranquilizer gun. Yes. This, this yeah uh, that's a big point yeah this, he gets this, his... this same tranquilizer gun that he uh you know has used to subdue all of these uh russian agents and the, the same tranquilizer gun that we saw in the beginning of the movie where his professor um laid out a tiger uh he's now kept this and just like uh yeah just 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 shoots her in the butt with it <laughs> this is a crime you can't just shoot people with tranquilizer <laughs> yeah, you can't do that who bother you Obviously, the ending of the movie where you're like, "Oh, it's gotcha," and you go back into the the the, the song, the title oh song of the God. movie, and you're like, "Okay, everything's good now, right?" Um, He's right, not going to be totally. with Sasha ever again. She goes back to her day job. Can 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 we talk a little bit about the soundtrack? Uh, yeah, I suppose deviate slightly, can. but not um, because it's an interesting story, and it kind of it it circles back to. Um, sad reality of many of the soundtracks that we cover on the show mm-hmm. where 
the soundtrack itself when it came out featured many songs that are not even in the movie um i'm gonna run down a few songs that were on the soundtrack but actually not in the movie and they're very popular songs um one of my personal favorites from the 80s wouldn't it be good by nick kershaw yeah that movie that song's not in the movie um, small town it boy be good to be in your in shoes, shoes. It be yeah. and that always i always confused him with um the the band that did the you know life in a northern town hey no 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 which is a great played yeah uh remember that remember that of course i mean they children drank lemonade morning lasted all day i mean they had a song on the ferris bueller soundtrack too which was amazing um wait did you name the band the dream academy oh dream academy thank you just did just now the dream academy great they, they had a song they had that great song in ferris bueller's day off i think it's called like please 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 or whatever something Anyways, um, yes, please, 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 <laughs> please, please, please. Anyways, Nick Kershaw, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be good? And then, um, small town boy by Bronski beat. Mm-hmm. Great, great song. A uh, very underrated band in my opinion, because they were only kind of known for one or two hits. Um, but they had, you know, the, but then Frankie goes to Hollywood two tribes is, right. which is in the movie is not mm-hmm. on the soundtrack. Um, which is frustrating. Is Relax in the movie too? Is it? It might be. I feel like, uh, no, no, it's just two traps. Two traps, good. Yeah, yep. But they're very similar sounding songs. Um, oh, yeah, no, Relax. Relax is listed on the soundtrack. Oh, it is. And Two Tribes. Weird. They're both on there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, you know, the song's not in the movie, but it's funny that it's listed on the soundtrack. Yeah. IMDB lists I Love LA as being in the soundtrack. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. You're like, wait, but that's not okay, even on it. So right. here's a case where soundtrack comes out, um, doesn't have a lot of the songs that we enjoyed actually in the movie, but slaps a bunch of other songs on there too. Turns out most of those songs are pretty good because uh, the soundtrack itself is pretty damn good. But it's just another shame where it's like it's the Iron Eagle syndrome. You know, the, the two of the stronger songs in Iron Eagle are not even on the soundtrack to begin with. And it's the, the, the case with this where you're like, well, wait, why are you slapping a bunch of songs on here? Why The Bill Conti score, uh, you know, t- takes up the majority of the movie. Yeah. That should have factored into it. I, I, another, a perfect example of doing it right is the Inner Space soundtrack, which side A has all the songs from the movie in it. Side B has the score the movie in it yeah i mean that just makes sense there you go that just makes sense i feel like all movies should have done it that way but they didn't um no no and i think at some point we're gonna have to discuss iron eagle just so you can fully uh purge those demons it's when we get uh uh jason gedrick on the show yeah Um, yeah and i'll be like let's talk about rooftops because that is some weird ass shit man can we talk about your role on dexter yeah no um (laughs) Uh, but, uh, but the, but the, so the main track though, right? The main yeah. track, Teresa gotcha. Bazaar, yep. gotcha. To me, the clear standout, um, it's always been the, 
always been the track. Uh, I would always get, get, you know, like I got excited at the end when that one started up. Oh, totally. I was like, oh, man. Uh, was that on the soundtrack, though? Yes, it is. Okay, it's the okay. Opening that song. one was, okay. It should, has to be. And she was in a band called Dollar, which I I personally never heard of. Um, you know, they apparently- they I like that you say, I personally never heard of it, as if as if you saying, I never heard of it. I should say Would that. not, like, I'd be, what do you mean? You personally, or- <laughs> Well, like, I think do, what do I mean is like- you personally have never heard of this? They were obviously a big band, uh, like on the club scene, like, you know, disco hits kind of of the late 70s early 80s yeah but in america though i we don't know that yeah i mean right? i never listened were... to that stuff so right no and i didn't either but it, it seems like dollar had some hits but i i just didn't know what were the, were the hits in america no the chart toppers that they had were not necessarily something that i would consider you know a big deal for me but obviously they were in europe they were huge in europe um, so she, I would say she was relatively unknown here in the States, at least uh, as, as, as far as I know, but I wasn't cued into the music back then Same here. to what, you know, if, if anyone's listening to this and going, Oh, come on, she was so big in the blah, blah, blah. You know, when we go back and look up these things, we'll go, Oh yeah. Okay. Well, shit. That's a surprise. That's yeah, cool. I mean, look, and I encourage people to call us out too. Cause that, Please. you know, that encourages engagement. Um, you can call us out but, on Patreon. Yeah. Yeah, calls on Patreon calls when you put down your money and you <laughs> join. Um, but yeah, I you know as far as the UK UK top forty hits uh, in the late seventies. Yes. Yeah, early eighties. I don't. Yeah, it's tricky. But yeah, Gotcha is. I love it. It's such a fun song. It's a fun. It's a perfect time capsule song for the eighties, in my opinion. Yeah. It's not like the song is awesome, but it is in that no. nostalgic way for me. You know, it's just like, I, I don't want to hear it on repeat or anything like that, but I I hear it. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Take is the song me. better than the movie? Yeah, that's the question. Good question. Well, actually, I'd say the song is just like the movie where there's parts of it that I think are really catchy and fun. And then there's mm-hmm. other parts where I'm like, meh, it's a little flat. Yeah, it gets a little old. You're like, all right, yeah. I think I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But besides Gotcha and besides the song Gotcha, uh, the year this movie came out, 1985, had a few fun facts. Now, obviously, uh, some of those facts are going to be reserved for What Does Dustin Know, which that segment can be found on our Patreon page. And by the time you're listening to this episode, the Patreon should be up and running and ready to rock. Yep. Um, and and if, you're, if you're open to it, and cheap plug, cheap plug, if you're open to contributing to our show to help us grow and, 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 and give you more of this amazing experience that we try to give you already, uh, uh, I thought you were gonna consider... rhyme. I thought you were gonna rhyme more, sorry. You were, you were oh, like on I... a rhyming, you were on a rhyming, you started off rhyming. I like I to rhyme, but I don't always have the time. <clears throat> Thank you. You're, sorry, but not to interrupt, but you were like, and if you like our show and you want it to grow, then go to, and I was like, oh, he's going to, I'm like, this that's is going to be my, That's from my yoga teacher, by the way, uh, Travis Elliott. He's like, down low, let it flow. Up high <laughs> to the sky. Ew. The no, with the flow. chance. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, 
rough segue back to Patreon. Sorry, <clears throat> sorry, sorry. Um, totally derailed you. <laughs> How dare you? How dare yeah. you with my cheap plug? Yeah, the, the Patreon uh, has got a plethora, which we've already, if you follow us on Instagram, you know about what we have on the show. But really quickly, uh, Tales from the Video Store, we have uh, $2, six questions with our celebrity guests. We have uh, the segment, What Does Dustin Know?, where we ask him where I asked Dustin specific questions about a year from one of the movies we cover and a whole lot more. Um, if you're open to it, if, 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 if it fits your budget and you're able to do it, great. If not, just keep listening to us here and whether it's Spotify podcast, Apple podcast, wherever you listen to us, I'm not going to plug us anymore other than saying thank you for already listening to us. And if you want to help us out, that would be wonderful too. I'm going to put the gavel down gagoosh, All right. And, and go into it. So, so I'm going to ask, I'm going to reveal some fun facts about 1985, but then obviously there will be more fun facts okay. on our Patreon page. So okay. I'm, I think that's fair and awesome. So I'm cutting it down to three, three fun facts about 1985 because obviously we cover so many movies through this decade. Yes. I don't want to blow my load yes. anymore. One go. Um, I didn't know this, but in 1985, the slogan, Don't Mess With Texas, was created. Oh. And it was created as an anti-littering campaign slogan. Oh, that's fat. That's interesting. Cool, right? That's that's interesting. It's become such an... It doesn't mean that at all now, but... No. Well, isn't that make kind of sense, actually? <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Fascinating. Yeah. I, I'm kind of speechless on that one. Um, I only know, I only bring this up because it's so relevant to me right now because I watch this show consistently on Hulu. Uh, the Handmaid's Tale book came out in 1985. Mm. Wow. Long Margaret Atwood. Uh, man. Oh, man. What a... What a very relevant piece of literature, more so now than I think yeah. it was in 1985. Yeah, it seems uh, crazy to me that, that it was written that long ago. And also, because um, a movie had come out soon after that with uh, Liam Neeson's um, now unfortunately deceased wife, Natasha Richardson and Robert Duvall, I think was in it. Um, apparently, I don't know about the book, but I know the television show on Hulu is taking um, factual moments from history, mm-hmm. factual moments from history, and actually putting them, <laughs> in, you know, recreating them for the show. Like nice. this shit did actually happen to some degree, which is disturbing. Really disturbing, yeah. Um, anyways, that was, as everyone knows, we got to have surprising. at least one disturbing thing on the show. Yes, we do. My one thing. <laughs> the last thing. Um, it's kind of a fun question, a little bit of a tease for what does Dustin know? Uh, how much do you think the Swatch watch was in 1985? Oh, the, the price? Yeah. The price of a Swatch watch. I mean, did, didn't they have various models or, or no? This is like the baseline price, uh, for a, for a Swatch watch watch, which were super popular. Yeah, they were I, 45. Close, $29.99. $29.99. Which you think about it, $30 for a watch back yeah, then is yeah. 
for I that mean, I need, thing. I need to be on the pricier end of things. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Anyways, fun facts from 1985. All very good. Uh, all very interesting. So that's 1985. Gotcha. 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 1985. Final thoughts. Do you have any final thoughts? My final thought is that um, I would be okay not seeing this for another 10 years. I think oh, it was fine. God. You know, it's um, it's a movie that I think if you have, again, a nostalgic feeling for it, like we do, you will enjoy revisiting it for those many points. And if you're a first timer, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not like mad at it or anything. I, I you know, I enjoyed watching it. Did you like it more than The Wildlife? Because you were not a fan of that one either. Oh, yeah. Well, Gotcha is just kind of slower. The Wildlife to me is I just I just didn't like any of the characters. Mm, you know, like okay. I like Jonathan a lot. And I like Nick Corey. I like Didn't Manolo. you want to see more of him, Manolo? In it? Yeah, he's, yeah, absolutely. What, absolutely. Do you think the tone would have been, would have been different if, the, if he stayed with him? Yeah, I think for sure the tone would have been different. Because Manila would be like, this is weird, dude. Let's get out of here. And then they just would have left. <laughs> Note to self, always yeah. listen to Manalo. Or Terry and um, Terry and Matt. Matt and Terry? Matt and Terry. Matt Matt and Terry. Yeah, always listen to Matt and Terry. That's true. That's yeah. true. And in two weeks, you're going to listen to a lot more of Manalo, a.k.a. Nick Corey, a.k.a. Jesus Garcia, when his interview drops. Um, it's really good. Fascinating. Tells a lot of great stories. Definitely worth listening to every moment. Um, captivating to me, anyways, personally. Uh, oh, there, there I go. <laughs> <laughs> to me. Do you mean to you personally or to you? To my other half. The, the theoretical. Uh, yeah. See, I, I adopt, the, uh, I adopt the, the Ted Lasso approach where I'm like, come on, guys, just give, give it one more chance. Just let's watch it one more time. Let's see what happens, you know? Uh, cause I probably would do that with gotcha. Of course I will. Cause I own it now. Yeah. I mean, but, you, own, um, you just watched it the other day. You said, yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. I watched it two weeks ago. Um, the, the I, sneakily, sneakily got a Blu-ray. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, and watched oh, it again. Sneak. Was the Blu-ray any different? No. Uh, the quality, picture quality is fantastic. When do you even have time to do this? I don't even understand. Like, cause you're like, you, you, you have like 19 podcast things that you do. <laughs> You know, you, you're writing notes, you're, you're making all the meals, you're, you're waxing the cars, you're painting the fences. I mean, you're, I just don't even understand like when you would even sneak in like a, because, because I feel like when, when you, when you have a structured day, such as you do, you know, you don't have time for these extraneous things, right? Like, you know, True. you were, your average episode of podcasting after dark, which is Zach's other podcast, by the way, uh, is they record for four and a half hours a session. Yeah. Uh, you could get to the other side of the country <laughs> in the same amount of time it takes to record the average episode of Podcasting of Dark. When are you going to have time to like rewatch Gotcha for fun? Um, because Kristen had gone, uh, she was out. And normally during the time she was out, I would be uh, watching TV with her as we do. Right. Yes. As one. Right. But the, but the, right. You have a structure. You have shows that you guys watch, or you so have things that you watch. Yeah, and it deviated from our structure. And I had this open time, and I'm like, I should watch something. You know, I haven't watched this yet, and I knew we were gonna do this episode soon. I'm like, I'm just gonna yeah. re-familiarize myself one more time. 
also remind just double check in to see if I dislike it as much as I did the last double time. Double check it in. And but so it sounds like you like in. it. I actually, you double yeah. checked in. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna say it's worth rewatching. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Overall. Um, overall. I, I'm I, such a nostalgic whore though. You know, like I'm such a nostalgic whore. Nostalgia is one hell of a drug. That's, yeah, that's going to be um, our new tagline. <laughs> that is the that is the tagline. No, I, I mean I, I certainly am too. But I feel like I tend to lean more in, into like, hmm, why did I like this? I know well, why you, I like you, this, but you know. But that's why I love you, dude, because yeah. your critical eye really, uh, like it 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 pushes me to come up with a valid reason of why. <laughs> your hatred <laughs> you know? of something makes me want to validate why i love it more um, no it's like yeah. this whole thing of like you know well why do you like it i don't know i just do no no but why do you like what is it about it what is yeah. the thing right right like that's dig true. a little deeper go a little below the surface that's true so there you go that's uh dustin very, helps me dig below the surface. Very nice way to compliment my grumpiness but no <laughs> but i'm it's not true though yeah i'm not uh we'll wait till we get to our next movie after gotcha because we're gonna Go toe to toe on that one. What, what? Which one is that? Oh God! Yes, summer school. Yes, tease. But before that, <laughs> and after this, yes, he's gonna be Nick Corey, Nick aka Corey. Jesus Garcia. Yes. Um, and yeah, I, I already plugged Patreon, so you know where we're at with that. And you know, you follow us on Instagram. If you don't, please do. Uh, because we put a, our heart and soul into content on that page. It's funny, you know, it's, it's like a lot of work for, uh, well, we got a good <laughs> following there, but still it's, we put a lot of, we love it. We love it. We love it. Yes. Sunset Boulevard. We love it. We love it. We love it. Come on. Riding songs about toys. We love it. Yep. <laughs> Wherever you listen to us on any platform, thank you, thank you, thank you. Always love, always love, always love. Just, just thanks. Mm. Agreed. Grazie. Yeah. All right, man. Well, this was fun, and uh, I guess uh, remember. Oh, oh hi, Duke. <laughs> oh, hi, Duke. <laughs> this love it, man. I just wanted to say goodbye. And remember... Hey, this is Jesus Garcia. You're listening to the $2 Late Feed with Dustin and Zach. Wonderful guys. Listen up. Shh. Say no more. You guys are my only two fans in 30 years. Listen, I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win, even in the 80s. All right, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it five-star rating? (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really... Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great, too. And you can find us on the Internet. 
Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2LateFeePodcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 